So are we re- we're recording? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Okay, well, it's good to talk to you. Yes, Stephen, how in the heck have you been other than busy? Pretty good, pretty good, doing some excellent rewrites on Time After Time, which is going to have a production in March at uh, the Heart School of Music in Connecticut, which oh. I know you saw before. So, oh, yeah, we saw so, it in Pennsylvania. It yeah, was awesome. so now we're, now we're getting a little closer to New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's working its way there. <laughs> yes, and... Uh, <laughs> doing that and 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 the uh cd of the road to guitar is officially out on november 6th in in stores which is exciting that's already on itunes for anyone who wants to download that and uh that's exciting and uh, and and we'll go ahead we'll put a link in the show notes uh to uh directly to the itunes yeah that would be great. That'd yeah, be absolutely. Great. Yeah, no, we're very, very proud of that, and well, sure. excited about that coming out. And uh, and the usual, going seeing a few shows. I I, I know we wanted to talk about. Uh, I think the biggest the biggest news in town is kind of the revival of Follies. Yep. And I and I got to see it. I got to go to uh, Second Night Press with all those Second Night Press people. Oh. <laughs> La di da, and see that. But <laughs> I have I have very strong opinions about Follies because I I saw the original back in 1971. Yes, with that, with went to see it with my mother. Okay, okay, we're going again. You you went to see it with your mother. Yes, I went to the Winter Garden Theater in 1971 to see. Alexis Smith and and Dorothy Collins and John McMartin and Gene Nelson and Yvonne DiCarlo and I, I had I had already seen Company which opened the year before which was a revelatory and and fantastic and 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 just changed my whole idea of what musicals could be and Follies was unbelievable to see it was it was so fantastically produced and directed by Hal Prince and Michael Bennett and the set by Boris Aronson and costumes by Florence Cos it was it was something that has stayed in my head all these years and I've had tapes of it and there have been one there are wonderful little snippets of of, of film of of the original cast that was done and and so it's it's been legendary and it's legendary for lots of people but most people didn't actually see it and I did more than <laughs> once so over the years it's been revived um I remember seeing an equity library theater production which was a tiny little shoestring thing and it was it was okay back in the probably in the uh, still in the 70s late 70s then uh then uh, there was the famous roundabout revival, which was in, I believe, 2001, and that was not very good. Uh, it had a, a good cast, but but it showed that the show needs some money behind. It. For those days, I think it cost. Oddly enough, in '71, the show cost five hundred or seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, which was a huge amount sure. <laughs> to mount a show. And now, you know that that's the equivalent of twenty million or something. Sure. Uh, so, so I've always had very strong feelings about. It. I love the score. I 
I, I really loved the show. And now this new revival happens that came from uh, D.C. or Kennedy Center. Right. And it, it kind of got pretty good reviews in D.C., good enough to bring it to New York. And pretty, pretty much very good raves here also. And that's the one. And it stars... Bernadette Peters and Ron Raines and uh, etc. Elaine, Elaine Page <laughs> and, and Jan Maxwell. Yes, Elaine Page is singing on silly, exactly. But my feeling for the show has changed drastically because there were, to me, there were three magicians in 1971 besides Sondheim and James Goldman. But James Goldman's book has always been problematic. And the magicians, Hal Prince, Michael Bennett, and Boris Aronson, were so wily and brilliant that they covered up any of the flaws. And the show itself was, was designed and directed with the script being developed on it. And it so looked like a movie because the sets moved and came into view and suddenly one scene wiped out the other scene and you would start in the middle of the next scene and there'd be a close-up. And it was it was really written on the set. And there, if you read the published script, you can see exactly what, what it was like if you can read between the lines. Now that the show does not have those magicians around anymore of brilliant staging and brilliant design the the problems with the book shine through all of the mm. flaws shine through and it and it really is distressing to me because i feel like i've i've been in love with one you know this girl for 40 years <laughs> i found out she's a little ugly <laughs> but, uh, and the score is still wonderful but but it feels like so many of the songs, the pastiche numbers, you want to go, well, why are they singing that now? Why is it happening? I don't think that the director and choreographer uh, realized what the show really was. It was very Fellini-esque. It was never realistic. You were at this very surreal party in a, in a in a theater that was being torn down, and now we're on a unit set uh, in the new version because they don't have moving parts, and it doesn't seem to be surreal until they go into the Loveland sequence at the end. So so to me, I, I didn't find it very well directed. I didn't find it mostly well cast, especially, obviously, the, the first casting coup was getting Bernadette Peters to play Sally, but uh, truthfully, Sally, she says she says uh, in the script and uh, very prominently in this show, I'm 49 years old, oh. and Bernadette Peters is is 64 years old, and by by casting her, they then cast Ron Raines, who I've worked with in Night of a Hunter, and who I think is brilliant singer, uh, who was also in his 60s as, uh, as the other man. Well, that would be all right if everyone was, but Danny Burstein is playing Bernadette Peters' husband, and it seems to me that he, he's, he's this side of 50. <laughs> and so, and he went. It, it doesn't. It just doesn't look right to me that these people were all best friends together in, in forty years ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, is it they they couldn't or wouldn't or didn't uh, change the age? Couldn't it be something where? 
Well, no, because the whole point of Follies, and here's another problem I find with the show, it's a show that was a contemporary show in 1971, and it really... It, it professed to be about the loss of innocence after World War II. The fact that the, the whole idea was that this was a reunion of Follies girls who had been in the show between the two wars. So between World War I and World War II, it closed in 1941, according to the, the show here. It's, it's not really like the Ziegfeld Follies, a different kind right, of Follies. Right. Weissman Follies. And, and so these girls say they were 18 or 19 in 1941. So we're, we're only talking 30 years, right. which makes them, of course, late, late 40s. 40s, about 50. And their, and their bows, Ben and, and, uh, and Buddy, were just maybe a couple of years older because they were going off to the war. So they were, they were becoming soldiers, and then they came back, and they became who they became. So the ages have to be that since it puts it in such a time frame. It's only 30 years. And also the idea that people's lives change to that point and that there's still time, time to, to fix your life. I think it's about this midlife crisis, too. And so 50-ish was a good idea. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so that, I mean, it just is what it is. And unfortunately, the, the four lead characters come off in a way now where you go, well, why should I care about them? Mm. What, what is this really saying? And all of the peripheral characters, which are very small, all the people who sing all the songs we know, like Broadway Baby and Who's That Woman, they all have a few lines each, including... Elaine Page's character, which is not a major character. It was written for Yvonne DiCarlo because she had auditioned for the show originally. And uh, she was so good that they kind of gave her, a they built up a role for her. And, and I'm Still Here was written out of town to replace a song called Oh Boy Can That Boy Foxtrot, which wasn't working. And it became an anthem over the years. But it's, she's a minor character in the show. Just, just as everyone else who sings any of the songs, it's really those four people and a bunch of minor, minor, minor. There are. I, I, I keep trying to love it again, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it's a very, very flawed show, and I don't think you come out caring about these people or caring about their dilemmas and. Uh, it, it's 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 been it's been a very interesting experience seeing it again after all these years. I think there's a show in that, <laughs> in revisiting a show that is all about age and and you having a. I I am now I'm the age of, of those people, so. But I was I was. It's very interesting. Uh, but I I'm in the minority I think of people who don't think this is the greatest things since sliced bread and i and i i really inverted that peter's performance really kind of put me off because sally is 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 the middle of the show i can tell you that dorothy collins gave one of the greatest performances i, I ever saw in 71 she sang like a dream and she played sally is the character who really does kind of go crazy mm -hmm. uh and losing my mind isn't isn't a mistake when she sings that song she's in love with with the memory of a man all these years she's been unhappy 
she passively suicidal, definitely manic depressive, which they didn't even talk about in 1971. And so she she's a, a deep and rich character. Unfortunately, Bernadette Peters brings all of that on the stage in her first entrance. Hmm. She comes on and you know that this woman's crazy and that and depressed and and she goes down from there instead of coming on and, and surprising us that maybe this this whole event this 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 reunion is going to change her life she just comes on as she is and exits as she is and so i i, I wasn't crazy about her performance at all uh, I thought that Danny Burstein was the best performance in the show as Buddy, even though he is he is the right age for the role, but he is his partner Bernadette is it could could be his big sister. Let's just <laughs> be kind there. Well, and, and uh, I, I mean, she does she, look very good. Uh, that's what I mean, that's what I was about to ask. Does she not at least look close to well, the age? Yeah, I mean, Bernadette Peters playing. is you know she's. Well, she's, she's, a she's a beautiful woman for her age, yes, but she's she's playing a dowdy Phoenix housewife, so it's it doesn't play into I, I'm really beautiful and glamorous. She just she, she there are parts of parts of her I do like. She she does seem like just some housewife from Queens or something. That many times she's not certainly not coming off glamorous in this. I uh, I I don't know. I maybe. I, maybe I know too much. Uh, <laughs> I just did not care for her performance. I and understand. I, and, 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 and Ron Rain's performance, also because he is older and thicker, it seemed like, it seemed like there was less hope for these people that it seemed more hopeless because they were older. And and it was and a little more maybe a little more depressing to see people of in their sixties whining. <laughs> so it's a whiny show too, uh, and it's a plotless show in many respects. And the show itself, you know, the, the whole thing, it's the beginning of the concept musicals, really. The first concept musical that Hal Prince did was, was Cabaret in 66, which I think is, is brilliantly successful mm -hmm. in using a concept. Company is conceptual in that it also it's a plotless musical. That still works. I mean, as proven by the concert version that was done and then shown in movie theaters, it real, that show really kind of works for me in its period. Follies just doesn't quite work. It, it goes that extra step. I don't know if you know a show called Love Life. Love Life was a musical by Alan J. Lerner and Kurt Vile in 1948. And Love Life is really the precursor to all these shows because it was Alan J. Lerner had an idea. He said he wanted to present a cavalcade of American marriage and where there would be one married couple and their children, and we would see them from the 1700s up until the present, which was 1948, and they would never age, and they would never change, but they would go through history, mm. uh, and, 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 and we would see what happened 
to marriage and relationships through time. And the other thing that he added to that was the whole show would be a vaudeville. So between scenes, there would be vaudeville numbers that commented on these things. Mm. And that was and, uh, revolutionary. I mean, no, there was no such thing. There was no word concept musical. And it, and it opened, and it, was, and it was fairly successful. Most people do not know it because it had no recording. Uh, it starred Nanette Fabre and Ray Middleton. Kurt Biles did a, did a wonderful score. And it went away, and, uh, but people did see it. People like Hal Prince, people like Stephen Sondheim. And, and, and Cabaret is very much like that. Chicago, with all the vaudeville numbers, is very much like that, taken from it. And Follies, too, because at the end of Love Life, this married couple who is having all sorts of problems gets whisked into a, a minstrel show. <laughs> and their life is sort of enacted as a minstrel show. Well, Follies, same thing happens. These two couples are are at the edge of distraction and, and going going over the edge, and they're whisked into a real-life Follies, and that's the end of Follies. And it's very, very similar, and uh, just wanted to bring that up because it, it's so amazing, you know, how Hal Prince has acknowledged that, that these shows influenced each other, and Follies is very much that but I feel that because Follies seems realistic now that we're at a realistic party seeing all these realistic people recreating their numbers that by the time we get to the the last bit of the show with the last five numbers and they are real Follies numbers it's it's a little confusing because you're going from stark reality to complete fantasy mm-hmm. and, and getting into people's heads. And so I don't, I, I just feel, I feel like, uh, like I said, that Hal Prince, Michael Bennett, and Boris Aronson were magicians, and no one knows how to do that trick anymore. Mm. And, and the show now is, is laid bare. And and I don't I don't think ordinary normal people will go in and 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 care about the story or the characters. They may very well go in and enjoy all these musical numbers because they're expert and 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 you can't not love a Stephen Sondheim score. I and mean, well, some can, but I can't. Did, well, didn't I hear uh, that it had, it's been extended? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And I mean, it, it's doing very well commercially and financially. I'm not going to hurt it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. And I, I really do. I mean, uh, that's that's wonderful. Sure. And they're recording. They recorded it this week. There'll be a two CD set. If that will be the best part of it, because they are using 26 musicians. Wow. And that's wonderful because the the roundabout production that was done ten years ago obviously was a small orchestra, much smaller because they sure. always do that. And now at least they are really using the brilliant Jonathan Tunic orchestrations, and it'll sound like a million bucks. And I think it'll be the place where it plays the best on your on your turntable. Um, so uh, that's that's my that's my big feelings about Follies, and I've thought about it and thought about. It. They've also done some they've done some changes in the book. Also, that because the scenery doesn't bring on the the scenes the way they did, they literally hold set pieces moved on in front of your eyes. And now because people have to walk on and off. 
somebody, and I don't know who, because James Goldman, the book writer, is dead, has has added uh, several lines of dialogue here and there. Mm. And I guess I know the show so well that the minute I hear something that's not by the writer, I go, what? Where did that come from? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And I'm being a writer, of course. I just know I'll be dead and I'll be jumping out of my grave. When they when they add lines to my show, well, maybe they're trying to fix some of those holes you're talking about. Maybe that's what it is. But maybe, maybe. I think I really resent. Uh, I, I but but then there's a big part of me that just resents uh, anybody tampering with another writer's work. But, sure. Uh, nobody gets credit for doing that, so I don't know who did it and how it happened and where it came from. But, but boy, I, I practically jumped out of my seat when I heard <laughs> 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 And 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 that that's me. I it, I think I think you know the the older you get as you go to the theater, the harder things are to surprise you and and, and chant you. Uh, and especially if it's a show that you've held in your heart for so many years, I, I I think I have made a vow to myself: I will never see another Follies again. Uh. <laughs> I don't want to see another version. I'm I'm done. And but I can't wait to see Funny Girl because I didn't see the original of that, and that's coming in. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Well, well. Also, anybody that's listened to this, if you've seen Follies. Drop us a drop us a note or call and leave a voicemail. Let us see what you think about it. Because boy, Mister Brantley sure loved it. Yeah, he did. (laughs) And and I got a feeling he's got more readers than we have listeners. Well, perhaps, but and I'm not a critic at all. This is no, just, no. this is just my 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 feelings about it, and I and they were so strong, and I almost didn't go at all. But oh, I, man. I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad I did. And there's so many wonderful people in it, and I never. The one thing I always say whenever I, I even when I see terrible shows, I, it's never the it's never the actors. They, the act, performers are are the best on in, on Broadway. They're just wonderful, and. I don't blame any of that on any. I don't blame things. It's not right. what it's about. But it, it, it's it's an interesting thing. I also think I also think they they lacked some of the money. That if they had a little more money behind it, it's it's a show that just deserves to be as lavish as possible, but in a very smart way. And that original set. There's a fabulous book of Boris Aronson set designs that I would recommend to anybody to see. He was he was just a genius. And he worked with space and and incredible. And this, I think, was was his the highlight of his uh, designing career. As he said, they said, well, how could you not love working with rubble? I mean, it's a theater with rubble. I mean, one of the greatest mm-hmm. images I remember, which doesn't exist anymore, is at the after the folly sequence was all over in the original production. Suddenly there was a hole in the wall of the theater and you could see light coming in and a building being built across the street. 
and they're just on a drop behind. And it was so metaphoric that suddenly the light and the air could come into this place that had just been black and gloomy the whole night, mm. and that maybe there is some hope at the end of <laughs> of, of all of this. And and I reread the script again, and you know you know what? If I had just read the script, it it, it read great. <laughs> so 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 somebody did something I didn't like here, and I'll, I, we can't quite decipher it. But I I think I have to hang it on the director, and I and I wasn't crazy about the choreography either, yeah. especially next to what Michael Bennett was a genius, yeah. and uh, we we know that. So that's that's my folly that's story. That's the follies. <laughs> All right, that's your story, and you're sticking to it. For now. <laughs> <laughs> well, what uh, what do you got coming up? What are you going to be seeing here soon, or anything? Uh, what's what's coming up for you? I, to see, I don't. I don't really have any tickets for anything. No. What's up I with that? I don't know. Things just sort of pop up. There's 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 no musicals happening that I'm I'm dying to see. It, well, it's a very strange season. I, hey, well, I think I'm just going to go back to work and try to write my great American musical. <laughs> righty. And hope that and hope that in forty years it's revived. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I I couldn't be happier for Stephen Sondheim because you know he deserves every success because sure. he's he's he is the genius of musical theater and. The best news is that his second book is coming out of lyrics. Uh, the first, the first came out last year, and that's that'll be out soon in time for my birthday in November. Oh, well, there you I'll, go. I'm going off to Hawaii, by the way. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I'll see some 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 hula girl musical there. Uh, <laughs> send us a digital postcard or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Right, well, we'll talk again soon. I hope. Thanks again. We appreciate it. All right, bye-bye. Have a good one, Stephen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.